Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I want to invite you to stay updated with me on social media and see what we are doing in the ministry. You can follow me on Facebook at John Wallace. You can follow me on Instagram at Jonathan R. Wallace. And you can follow our YouTube page at New Beginnings Huntington. I pray this message builds your faith and gives you revelation. Let's get ready for the Word of God. You need to definitely, everybody in this room needs to give their life to Jesus. If you haven't already, I'm telling you, please do. It's the best decision that you'll ever make in your entire life. I'm no fool. I mean, I'm young, I'm 25 years old, but I've lived life without the blessing of God, and I've lived life with the blessing of God. And can I tell you, living life with Jesus for Jesus, standing underneath the water faucet of his blessing is so much better than how my life was without Christ. Amen. I'm telling you guys, every lie that the devil's told you, like the sin, if you have sin in your life that you're holding on to, everything in your flesh, you just want to pursue after these things in the world, it'll, it'll keep you away from God. It'll keep you going down the wrong path. I'm telling you guys this morning, give your life to Jesus. You'll look back and be so thankful that you gave your life to Jesus. I'm telling you guys, the youth right now, the kids, give your lives to Jesus completely. You're not going to get, when you're 25, if you surrender your life to the Lord right now and serve him, give yourself completely to him. You won't be looking back when you're my age saying, man, I sure wish I would have had more sex. I sure wish I would have went to more parties. I sure wish I would have done more drugs and really lived it up. You will be so blessed. You'll be saying, Lord, I'm so thankful that I gave my life to you. I'm so thankful that I traded the things that this world has to offer, and I took what was in your hand. Amen. Give your life to Jesus this morning. Make the decision. Make the decision to go all in. Hallelujah. Are you all still with me? Amen. Y'all, I'm excited. Thanksgiving. If you're taking notes, we're going to be going over the next several weeks this series called Thanksgiving to God. We're going to talk about praise. We're going to talk about Thanksgiving. It's so powerful. It's so powerful. Thank you, Lord. Trying to figure out how I want to set this up. I want to tell you the history of Thanksgiving. You know, and it's really sad how far we've drifted from what this all started as. It's really sad. We've made this about the totally the wrong things. I think it's okay to hang out with your family and eat some pumpkin pie and watch football. And, you know, if you're a kid, you play video games. Or if you're an adult and you play video games too. I play some video games sometimes. That's great. But that's not what Thanksgiving's about. That's not what this season is about. In 1621, the pilgrims, they were the first ones in this country to celebrate what we know as Thanksgiving. This wasn't like a national holiday. that We didn't have a, a nation. They were just a, a colony of people. In 1621, they celebrated their first Thanksgiving, and it was three days set apart to give God thanks for the harvest for that year. It was three days that they set apart to, to thank the Lord, consecrated to God to say, Lord, thank you for your blessing. Thank you that we had food to eat. Thank you that you delivered us from the winter last year, that we made it through the winter into the spring and we made it through the summer. You've delivered us from our enemies. 
You have blessed our tables. You've blessed our families. They took three days and set apart those three days and gave thanks to God. Amen. That's pretty amazing. George Washington. So skip forward a little bit. George Washington was the first to declare a national day of public thanksgiving and praise. Not praise to Allah, not praise to Muhammad, praise to the Lord, to God, the God of the Bible. It's amazing. You know, you think about the time that we live in now, most of the people that are politicians that are, you know, leaders in this country, can you imagine them calling everybody together and saying, all right, guys, we need to have a national day where everybody gets together and gives the God of the Bible praise and honor and glory for all of the blessings that he's poured out on this country. It's because of him that we're blessed. It's because of him that we're the best, that we're the, the, the most extravagant, the best country in the entire world. It's because of him that we're free. It's because of him that we're prosperous. Can you imagine that? That's what this country was founded on. George Washington was the first. He was the first to declare a national day of public. Can you say public? Public thanksgiving and praise. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for Christians starting to take their thanksgiving and praise public again. Again, it's not a day to go hide in a cave and, oh, it's my day off of work. It's my day off of school. I'm just going to play video games the whole time. It's a time set apart, consecrated to give God glory and thanks. Abraham Lincoln, 1863. This was a quote. So when George Washington instituted Thanksgiving, it was kind of random. Every state celebrated it at different times of the year. Like, you know, New York would celebrate theirs in July and somebody else celebrating theirs in, like, February. You know, weird random times. Abraham Lincoln, in the midst of the Civil War, in the midst of a country divided, he called everybody together and said, okay, it's not about North, it's not about South, it's about one country, one people. And this is what he said. He said, the year that is drawing toward its close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful fields and healthful skies. So he called everybody together to celebrate one corporate day of Thanksgiving, where we as one country, one people would be united in giving God praise, honor, glory, and Thanksgiving. Amen. This is so awesome. They understood the importance of Thanksgiving. They understood the importance of thanking God for what he's done. And they understood, number one, it's important, guys. It is so important. You can't live your life just being blessed by God and never take time to thank him and give him praise. Your life will crash. Your life will burn. Things don't work that way. The pilgrims understood this. George Washington understood this. Abraham Lincoln understood this. But what do we do as Christians? You know, we just want it to go and blow, and, and we run through the year, and then all of a sudden something happens. We throw our hands up to the Lord and say, Lord, what's going on? Why all of a sudden am I running into these hardships? Why does it seem like all these things are falling apart now? We don't understand how important it is to thank God for what he's done. That's what I'm going to help you understand during this series to teach you about this. So number one, it's important to thank God for what he's done but they also understood that how thanking God for what he's done plays into what takes place in your future. They understood this principle in the scripture. 
When you give God praise and thanks, you're not only just looking to the past, you're actually securing your future. Let me say that again. When you give God thanks and praise, you're not just looking to the past, you are securing your path for the future. They understood this. The Christian colony understood this. George Washington understood this. Abraham Lincoln understood this. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And so, again, this isn't about, it, it, this ain't about getting relatives together and having some awkward day at the dinner table. That, yeah, and, and that's the thing, too. The holidays are like the most stressful times of the entire year. We're more concerned about uh, getting everything just perfect and proper. And, and we come to the dinner table, we say a half-baked pray, Lord, thank you for this food. In Jesus' name, amen. That's not what this is about. This is set apart time to give God thanksgiving and praise. Amen. And I'm praying. I'm telling you guys, I actually was in prayer, and the Lord gave me this prophetic word that the move of the Spirit, that the revival that's coming to this country, the wave that we're going to ride is worship with thanksgiving, with praise. I'm believing that the revelation of praise and thanksgiving is going to hit the body of Christ. Well, we're not going to have a one-month thanksgiving. We're going to live consistent lives of praise and thanksgiving to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Mm. There's been so many words. I'm actually going to go on and do a teaching this week and share some of the prophetic things that the Lord's been sharing me, sharing with me in my prayer time. But I'm telling you, as the body of Christ begins to praise God and learns how to thank God properly, we're going to see blessings like we've never seen before. We're going to see favor like we've never seen before in this country and in the church. Hallelujah. You need to understand this. If you're taking notes, I want you to write these, these things down. I have a couple points for you this morning. Number one, write this down. You were created to worship the Lord. You were created to worship the Lord. Y'all don't shout me down or anything this morning. You were created to worship the Lord. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. It says this, always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful. Can you say thankful? In all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. There's three things I want to pull out of this verse. The Bible tells you that you are to be given to three things, and this is God's will for you. Number one, you are to be given to joy. Can you say joy? You are to have joy every day, every single day, full of joy, joy every week. Joy every month. You are to be given to joy. Guys, I'm so sick of seeing Christians as like the most depressed people I've ever seen in my entire life. A trademark of a believer is you should be overflowing with joy. Y'all, I'm telling you, I wish that we would begin to read scriptures like this and begin to understand that it's not, depression's not normal for a believer. Being sad and heavy hearted is not normal for a believer. Being brokenhearted is not normal for a believer. A sign, a trademark of a believer, the seal of a believer is you have joy. Hallelujah. 
We're going to look at these scriptures. How is it that Paul, when he was in a prison, possibly, I'm sorry, not Paul, Peter, when he was in a prison, possibly about to die, it says that he was singing songs of praises to the Lord, hymns to the Lord. He was in a prison just singing, smiling, laughing, having a good old time. He was given to joy. Can I tell you guys, joy is a decision to make a lot of times. Joy is not just a feeling. Joy is a fruit of the, of the Spirit. It's like faith. Faith's not always a feeling. There's times that you can feel faith. There's times that you can feel God's presence. But it, faith is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. Peace, joy, these things are fruits of the Holy Spirit. Give yourself to joy. Decide to have joy in your life. Amen. And when you don't have joy... Maybe take a step back and say, what is happening in my life that is causing me to not have joy any single day that I'm alive? Why is it that I'm never happy? Why is it that I'm always just down? Why is it that I'm always feeling this way? Something should get on the inside of you where you begin to understand, this is not normal for me. I am born again, and I have the Holy Ghost living on the inside of me. Amen. You should be given to joy. You should always, can you say always be joyful? The second thing in this scripture, prayer. Can you say prayer? prayer? You should be given to prayer. Amen. You should Christians should live a lifestyle of prayer. This is why we took uh, the Wednesday night service and rearranged what we're doing because I'm encouraging believers to join us for prayer. Thursdays. The Lord told me that prayer has become, you know, secondary in most churches. Prayer is something that we do if we're standing there making toast in the morning. Okay, yeah, I said a quick prayer. No, we need to live lives where we are intentionally going into places of prayer. Jesus withdrew. Can you say withdrew? We should be living lives where we actually create time where we withdraw from our schedule. We withdraw from the busyness of the day. We withdraw from everything that's going on. You know, I, I can't even remember the quote, so I'm not even going to attempt it. I was somewhere at a prayer meeting this week, and they had this quote on the wall, and basically it was talking about, you know, if, if you see me and, and, and I leave and I go to a quiet place, it's not that I'm being rude. It's that I'm seeking the word of the Lord in the God of the wood. It was something like that. It was very poetic. It was like, you know, 100 years old. I told you I'd butcher it. But it's, it's really a model for life to get outside of busyness. When you're in a chaotic situation, if you're traveling for the holiday, guys, I know that it's so easy. Well, I'm at families for a week, so I'm just going to, we, we're just hanging out. We're having a good old time. You need to live a lifestyle with set, a, a set apart time for prayer. We are to be given to prayer. Can you say prayer? prayer. Number three, we are to be given to thanksgiving. Can you say thanksgiving? He says, always be joyful, never stop praying, and be thankful in all circumstances. Wow. That is so good. You know, I want you to think about this. People think, I want to help answer the question, what's God's will for my life? So many people run around and they're like, okay, I'm called to be a plumber. Uh, I think that I've been called to write a book one day. I think I've been called to foster cats and be a you know, hotel for cats. That's all probably true. Those are probably things that you'll do. 
But I can tell you what the Bible says is, is the will of God for you right now, today. Always be full of joy, be given to prayer, and always be thankful. Hallelujah. Thank you. Give your life to these things. Give your life to these things. Instead of looking for the things that you'll accomplish necessarily in your life, those are important. Focus on giving your life to prayer. Think, focus on giving your life to thanksgiving. Focus on giving your life to producing joy. Amen. That's so good. I love that. I want to answer this question as well. What does God want from me? So I'm going to answer two questions that most people ask. Number one, what is God's will for me? Well, I can tell you, if you will give your life to joy, if you'll give your life to prayer, and you'll give your life to thanksgiving, you won't have to question very long what you're called to do in this life. Am I called to be a preacher? Am I called to be a lawyer? Am I called to start a business? I don't know. Give yourself to prayer, and I promise you, you'll find out pretty quick. Stop sitting around waiting. Well, why? I just don't feel content in my life. I'm waiting for something to happen. I'm waiting for something to open. Give yourself to prayer every single day. Can you say every day? Every day. You understand Christians in this Bible prayed every day for an hour a day. They had a corporate time of an hour of prayer every day. Most people, Christians, they'll go an entire month and not pray an hour. Most Christians, their prayer time is whenever the pastor closes the service or opens the service with prayer. That's when I prayed. That, this is why life is so out of whack. You can't expect God to give you the further details when you're not even being faithful with the basic things Jesus told you to do. God doesn't work that way. He doesn't give you the more when you're not faithful with the little. You have to be faithful with the little. That means in your life, instead of running around worrying about, uh, you know, the grand scheme of what my purpose, what I'm going to accomplish over the next 50 years, hear me, that's important. That is extremely important. But you'll never get the revelation of what you're supposed to do on this earth until you give your, yourself to the things that the Lord has already told you to do. Amen. Are you all still with me? So I want to answer this other question. What does God want from me? Many people struggle. What does God want me to do? What does he want from me? And this can kind of be tied with what does he want me to do? What does God want from me? I'm going to give you two points in this. John 6, 28 through 29. So these people saw Jesus doing signs, wonders, and miracles. They, they were blown away by the ministry of Jesus. And they came and they said, Lord, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? Then Jesus told them, this is the only work that God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. Write this down. God wants you to believe what he has said. What does God want from me? Number one, he wants you to believe what he said in his word. It's really not that complicated, guys. So many Christians struggle with doubt and unbelief their whole life. I'm going to tell you, you'll go on to do many things in life, but everything that you do in life has to come back to these two points I'm going to give you right now. God ultimately and fundamentally just wants you to believe the things that he said. I'm blessed. I'm healed. I'm the head. I'm not the tail. I've been seated with Christ. 
I've been made a son. I've been made a daughter. I have received the Holy Ghost on the inside of me, and therefore, Acts 1-8, I have received power. If you will believe the things that God's already told you in his word, everything else in life will stem from it. Imagine what you could actually achieve in life if you would just take this word and believe every word that it says and live it out. Hallelujah. Most people won't ever even do anything for the Lord because they can't get past this first thing. They, can't, they don't believe the things that he said in his word. Hallelujah. What does God want from me? He wants you to believe what he said. Now, no, the second thing, what does God want from me? Look at this. Psalms 50, 14. And I can tell you guys, it's, it, it gets overwhelming. Once you get in this word and it starts growing on the inside of you, your, your spirit starts getting built up and you say, oh my gosh, okay, now I see it. God says that I'm blessed. Wow, I'm blessed. God says that I'm free. I'm free. God says that I'm healed. I'm healed. God says that he has a purpose and a plan for me. This is so overwhelming. What can I do? Lord, what can I do to repay you for what you've done for me? What do you want from me? Do I need to take like Martin Luther and get a whip out and start wh whipping my back to be, you know, to earn the blessing of the Lord on my life? Is that what he wants from me? Does he want me to starve myself for 100 days to the point of death? Okay, now I've earned it. Is that what he wants from me? No, this is what the Bible says. Psalm 50, 14. Make thankfulness. Can you say thankfulness? Your sacrifice to God and keep the vows you made to the most high. What does God want from you? He wants you to be thankful for the blessings that he has given you. You were created to worship the Lord. So let me break this down a little further for you. Let me read this. Matthew 7, 9 through 11. Matthew 7, 9 through 11. It says this. You parents, if your children ask you for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? If they ask you for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. If you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? Can you say good gifts? God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you. God wants to give you great gifts. He doesn't want you struggling. He wants you blessed. And all he wants from you in return is living a life where you know where the blessing came and you give him honor and you give him praise and you tell the world around you of the goodness of God. Amen. That excites me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He wants you to bless. He wants to bless you. So he wants you to believe so that you can receive, and then he wants you to be thankful. What does God want me to do today? He wants you to believe his word, and then he wants you to praise him like you really believe it and be thankful for the blessing that's been poured out on your life. Amen. Hallelujah. I need you guys to understand this, why Thanksgiving is so important. It's so simple. Life's not that complicated. The devil will overcomplicate everything and get you to a point where you don't ever do anything. Because you're standing here thinking that it's just so, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. Why don't you just start having faith and then start living a life of thanksgiving and receiving and believing every blessing that the Lord's promised you in his word. 
I want you to understand this, things you need to know as we start this series. This is just kind of a funny side note. Do you know why the devil hates you so much? Because you took his job. The devil hates you because you took his job. You know what Lucifer's place in heaven was? Worship. He was in charge of worshiping the Lord. You know why he got thrown out of heaven? Because he wanted to be like God. So what did God do? God threw Lucifer out of heaven, and what did he do? He made man in his image. Everything that Lucifer was trying to do out of order to be like God, to be equal with God, to be one with God, to be revered like God, to be in the image of God, he simply made man and made us in the image of God and gave us everything that the devil was trying to get. And then on top of that, he gave us his job of worshiping him. You know why man was created? To worship the Lord. Worship is the only thing God can't do for himself. Oh, good job, God. You know, pat on the back. No. That's why man is created to worship the Lord. You were created to worship the Lord. Life will not line up until you begin to learn how to properly worship the Lord and give him praise and thanksgiving. When you line up with what you were put on this earth to do, everything in life begins to flow like water. You're no longer a, a, a square peg trying to squeeze into a round hole. You line up with the purpose that you were placed on this earth for, which is worshiping the Lord our God, worshiping Jesus. Amen. I'm going to teach you how to worship. I just need you to understand these things. I have a couple more points for you this morning. I want you to write this down for your second point. I'm going to get into the power, the power of praise and worship. What happens when you begin to thank the Lord? What happens when you begin to praise the Lord? What does it cause in your life? What does it produce in your life? Write this down if you're taking notes. Praise and thanksgiving brings forth the blessing. Praise and thanksgiving brings forth the blessing. Psalm 67, 5 through 6 says this. May the nations praise you, O God. Yes, may all the nations praise you. Then, can you say then? The earth will yield its harvest and God, our God, will richly bless us. Then the earth will yield its harvest, and God, our God, will richly bless us. You know what's so amazing about praise and worship? What it does in your life, what it unlocks in your life? You need to understand this. The earth was created to provide for man. When God created the heavens and the earth, Adam and Eve, they didn't have to by the sweat of their brow, by blood, sweat, and tears, eat the fruit of the earth, the earth just naturally produced crops that provided for them. The earth just was designed to yield its harvest. It wasn't until after the curse that God said, now by the sweat of your brow, you'll eat the good of the land. You'll eat the fruit of the earth. When you begin to praise and when you begin to give God thanks, blessings that you never even worked for come into your life. Things that you could have never done for yourself begin to flow into your possession. 
The earth begins to yield its harvest. Hallelujah. When we praise him, praise and thanksgiving brings forth the blessing. Supernatural increase comes. Things that you could have never worked for. Opportunities that you could have never worked for that you could have never even planned for, that you could have never even been educated enough for. These things will begin to open up in your life as you begin to praise the Lord, as you begin to worship the Lord, as you begin to give him thanks. It will unlock a, a door in your life where the earth will begin to yield its harvest to you. Can somebody shout and give the Lord some praise? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we don't have to uh, struggle. We don't have to break our backs trying to get ahead. We can do what we are created to do and give you praise and glory and honor and worship you, and the earth will yield its harvest. I want you to write this down under this point. Praise and thanksgiving is the sickle to gather your harvest. Praise and thanksgiving is the sickle to gather your harvest harvest. Many people, we teach about tithing here. We teach about sowing seed at this church. Many people sow seed. But can I tell you, sowing seed actually doesn't give you a harvest. Sowing seed does not bring fruit forth fruit in your life. You have to harvest the seed that you sowed in order to have fruit in your life. You have to harvest. I can go out there and plant a cornfield, and I'm sitting back there, and there's 100 acres of seed that's been sowed, and, man, it's all beautiful and plentiful, and, and, and it's so abundant. But if I don't harvest it, it does me no good. Amen. So, so many people get frustrated. So many people get frustrated because they sow, maybe they're giving, maybe they're planting seed, but yet they're not seeing a harvest come in return. They're not seeing the harvest. When you praise and give thanksgiving to the Lord, it causes the earth to yield its harvest. Praise and thanksgiving is the sickle that gathers in the harvest. Every day. Can you say Amen. Every day in the morning, begin to thank the Lord. In the evening, thank the Lord. In the middle of the day, thank the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let me read that again. It says, may the nations praise you, O God. Yes, may all the nations praise you. Then, can you say then? The earth will yield its harvest, and our God, and God our God, will richly bless us. Can you say then? The blessing comes after praise and thanksgiving, not before. People got it backwards. People are waiting for the manifestation. People are waiting for the blessing. People are waiting for the harvest. And then once they get it, they'll say, man, now I'll do a little dance. Now I'll jump around and sing and praise the Lord. No, you, you got it backwards. Praise and thanksgiving is what brings the harvest in. Praise comes before the blessing. The blessing comes after Thanksgiving, not before. There's people that you're saying, man, I think it, it, it seems like my harvest is out of whack. I'm telling you, it's because your praise is out of whack. People are saying my blessing in my life seems like it's out of whack. It's because your Thanksgiving is out of whack in your life. It's out of place. Amen. I want you to write this down. This is my third point for this morning. God is looking 
for someone to praise him. God is looking for someone to praise him. Luke 19, 37 through 40. Then as he was drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called out to him from the crowds, Teacher, rebuke, he said, your disciples. But then he answered them and said, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. What was Jesus saying? If they don't do something, if they don't praise me, something will. I want you to write this down. If you don't praise him, somebody else will. The Lord is looking for people that will praise him. The Lord is looking for people that will give him thanks. If you don't, I'm telling you right now. If we just carry pride in our lives, and that's something we just don't take time, we're not intentional about in our lives, there's somebody in Asia, there's somebody in Africa, there's somebody in South America that I'm telling you, they ain't afraid to get down and give the Lord some praise and glory. The Lord is looking for somebody to praise him. I want you to say this. I won't let someone else get my blessing. I won't let someone else get my blessing. He is looking for someone who will praise him. Hallelujah. I'm actually going to show you a biblical example. One of the greatest figures in the Bible, King David. Let me ask you this question as I'm closing. I'm going to go ahead and ask the piano player to come up, and I'm going to have our worship team come up. In just a few moments. Let me ask you this question. What was it about David that caused him to have so much success in life? What was it about a man's life that caused him to start at the very bottom, being a a shepherd in the field, to being the king over all Israel? He wasn't, his family wasn't royalty. He didn't come from a family that that's just what he inherited. His dad was the king. His granddad was the king. What caused God to pick some random guy, some random person, some random boy out in the field to become the king over all Israel? What was it? Let's look at what David did in his life. Psalms 119, 164 says this. Look what David said. Seven times a day I praise you. Because of your righteous judgments. Seven times a day I praise you because of your righteous judgments. David knew how to give God thanks. David knew how to give God praise. Amen. David lived a lifestyle of thanksgiving. I mean, I'm serious. Think about this. Seven times a day. It's like, obviously, they didn't have watches, I guess. The little sundial hits 11 o'clock. Okay, it's time for me to go out and praise the Lord. It's time for me to get away and give the Lord thanks and give the Lord praise and thank him for what he's done seven times a day. I want you to write this last thing down. You cannot have abundant blessing without daily time set aside for thanksgiving. 
Can you say daily? You cannot have abundant blessing without daily time set aside for thanksgiving. Seven times a day, he said, seven times a day, I praise you. You cannot have abundant blessing without daily time set aside for thanksgiving. David wrote 150 psalms. In the Bible, you read through these psalms, you read the things that he said. He was constantly just, everything that has breath, praise the Lord. I'll praise the Lord for his mighty works. I mean, every chapter is just full of praise and full of thanksgiving. What was it that caused David to go? I'm telling you guys, catch this, from the shepherd field to the palace. What was it? God is looking for somebody. Jesus said, if, if you don't worship me, the rocks will cry out. If you don't, somebody else will. God's eyes are looking for somebody that will give their heart to him, that know where the goodness comes from, that know where the blessing comes from, and will do like what David said and say, I'm going to shout to all the earth and tell the world of his goodness and of his blessings and of his unfailing mercies. What was it about David? when there was millions of other Israelites at that time. David was a boy out in the field giving thanks to the Lord. David was a boy out in the field who took time intentionally. He said seven times a day. He was a boy out in the field that would sing these songs to the Lord and give him thanks and give him praise and give him honor and give him glory and thank him for the, thank him for the day. Thank him for his hand of protection. That he would sit there and just sing to the Lord what we read in Psalms 23. I can just imagine David as a shepherd boy. He's out there and he's just singing to the Lord saying, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. Surely goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. That's just so amazing. What did it cause? It caused God to look and say, hold on a second. There's a man that is a man after my own heart. Praise and thanksgiving produces the blessing. Can you say amen? God is looking for someone to praise him. Y'all, I'm telling you, please do not leave this service and go one more week just living your life. Take time out of your day to say, Lord, thank you for my house. Thank you for the house that I have. Father, thank you for the car that I have. Thank you for the spouse that I have. Thank you for the food in the refrigerator. Thank you that we went and bought a bottle of Pepsi and I had cash in my pocket to buy it. I mean, there's so many things that you can thank the Lord for. Begin to thank him. Begin to thank him. And the Bible says it will cause the earth to yield its harvest in your life. The two most powerful things that you can do in your life is sow seed into the kingdom and then live a life of thanksgiving. You will be abundantly blessed in Jesus' mighty name. Can somebody say amen?
I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to receive this. The only thing standing between you and the abundant blessing of God is a door. And the key to that door, to opening that door, is praise and thanksgiving. You're going to get this revelation by the time we're done. I'm telling you, by the time we're done with this series, you're going to be so full. You're going to be out like I am. People, if they people pulled up to my house, they'd probably hear me out singing in tongues by my pond. And I'm telling you, there is a revelation of thanksgiving and praise that is going to return to the body of Christ. Amen. Of worship. Of worship, we learn how to be thankful to God. We learn how to be thankful to God. I want you guys to pray with me. Thank you so much for tuning in with me as I shared the Word of God. If you would like to become more than just a casual listener and want to give to our ministry, you can do so in the following ways. For credit or debit, go to www.nbchuntington.org slash donate. For PayPal, you can send it to NBC Huntington. For Cash App, use dollar sign capital NBCHTX20. Thank you so much. I pray God blesses you abundantly. Until next time, this is John Wallace.